0: It's almost like buying uh, your kitchen pre done from IKEA, uh, whereas in React you get, a, uh, you get all the components delivered but you can assemble them how you want.
1: React doesn't use HTML at all.
0: Actually, if I send a ping to Auckland and ping back, you know, it's going to the speed of light, but that's still a quarter of a second, if not longer. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Code of Career podcast with myself, Cameron Blackwood. I'm a former technical recruiter turned software engineer and of course we have...
1: Hi, I'm Colin Riddell. I'm an experienced software engineer and former instructor at CodeClan.
0: Fantastic and thanks so much for tuning in for another week of the Code of Career. Today we've got an episode of What Really Is. If you aren't familiar with What Really Is, it's where myself and Colin dive a little bit deeper into the underlying technologies that we use on a day-to-day basis as software engineers. Today is a very special one because we are going to be talking about something that both me and Colin use on the daily. I have for my whole career, you have for probably half your career. <laughs> Drum roll please, it is yeah. React.
1: <laughs> yeah, react.js. We're going to try and give you a bit of an understanding about what that is and why it's important, why it's useful um, and it's it's really exciting. It's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty awesome one. If you're, if you're very, very, very comfortable with React, you you might not find this that interesting. But then again, um, hopefully, we'll uncover some gems of information that, that even the experienced uh, of you can can get something from, which would be really, really good. Um, and uh, if you've heard of React and you want to know more about what it is and get a really good understanding of it, then please stay tuned to this. This should be really good
0: exciting stuff. So I guess that begs the question, Colin, what is React?
1: What is React? Okay, straight into it then, right? Let's do this. So React, first of all, is a library for creating user interfaces on the web. And it's as, it's as simple as that. Because it's got quite a lot of hype behind it, because it's a very, very big technology that's widely used, it it, it sometimes has that problem that other technologies have where it goes around the house season nobody really knows what it is to some extent until you start to use it but basically all it is is a library that helps engineers build user interfaces it's open source and it's free to use
0: created by meta in 2014 i believe and ever since then it's kind of taken over the front end world really and i think uh it must be something like in the uk i reckon 80 to 90 percent of front-end jobs are using react these days that is really taken over unlike any other tech has certainly in last certainly in my career
1: yeah so hopefully in the next uh, 30 to 40 minutes or so we'll give you an understanding of why that is um i actually remember react coming out in 2014 and seeing it on hacker news and reading a lot about it and um Eventually, after a little while, I started to learn a little bit, and um, I remember thinking it was pretty great. I actually learned JS through learning React. I had up until that point, I had no motivation to learn JavaScript. and um, it was it was through React that I learned it. Um, so um, yeah, like engineers download React uh, to their dev machines and they use it to create elements that work in the browser. And then what basically happens is, and we'll kind of break this down a little bit more as we go, is they bundle it along with they, they take they write an application that uses that uses the React library to help them put stuff on the screen of their browser. Um, but at the same time, when they go to actually send that out to, to this to the server to to be loaded on there, then that that little that the, the React application library itself gets bundled with the application that gets built. So basically, what I'm saying is, it runs entirely on the browser. Um, all of it runs in the browser. All it's fully it's fully JavaScript that runs entirely in the browser.
0: So that separates it a little bit from uh, some other front-end tools that we'll talk about in future episodes, um, yeah. which is, you know, it's got its benefits and drawbacks, and we'll go, we'll go into that a little bit throughout the show today. But uh, the kind of cliffs of this is that React is what we call an SPA, a single-page application. Um, it Basically, once it's loaded, it's rapid. Um, so once you're navigating around uh, the uh, web application, it's rapid, um, but that comes at the cost of a slightly longer initial load time. I think, uh, I think I'd be right in saying that, wouldn't I? Wouldn't, wouldn't I, Colin?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, like, we'll get into uh, a bit more about this in a little while, but it's good that you brought that up. So, because it's an entirely JavaScript um, uh, li- based library, um, yeah, it, like, you've got that initial, like, slightly bigger what they call bundle. A bundle is just like a bunch of compiled. Or heavily optimized JavaScript code that your browser then fetches from the server, and then your browser's job is to like is to run that. Um, so one of the reasons it's popular is because it allows us to um, create tags or elements that we're used to seeing with something like HTML. So, like we we're not going to spend virtually any time on, in this episode talking about HTML we're, we're gonna assume a little bit of knowledge there and, and people people know what HTML is with when you have an HTML tag like h1 or body or p for paragraph or a for anchor um, so you can write you can write those tags in react. That's one of the cool things about react. it, it takes it accepts an HTML like it's not exactly the same as HTML and we'll get to that in a little while but it takes an HTML like language. And um, what it does is it takes those elements and builds what we call a virtual DOM. Now to understand what a virtual DOM is, we need to know, this is gonna be a little bit technical, but that's okay. It's a technical podcast. (laughs) Um, understand what a virtual DOM is, we need to understand what a non-virtual DOM is. So the non-virtual DOM, let's go into that for a second, is, like, is basically, it stands for um, Document Object Model. And what it is, is it's, it's a data structure that's created in the memory of the browser when an HTML page is loaded. So just to give you the understanding here, what happens in a traditional kind of old school, classic HTML client server application, the browser makes a request to, to the server. The server returns an HTML document when that HTML document is returned, it then parses it. It looks through it and figures out what's inside. Part of that parsing is once the parsing is complete, once it's figured out what's inside that HTML document, it takes that like those tags and turns them into a big tree, a big a big a bun- like a, like a kind of like a in-memory database, but all connected. So, for example, like it will have like a It'll have like a body node, which will have a bunch of other nodes inside it that will like come off it like branches of a tree. That's called the DOM. Now, the DOM is a very, is really, is a really important thing to understand when you're thinking about the web and be thinking about the browser because that's the thing that you see. People often think that you write HTML and then you see like HTML rendered. Mm-hmm. You actually don't see HTML; you see the DOM. So if I'm looking at I'm looking at like this app that we're using to record the podcast in front of me right now and I can see a bunch of windows on the like little frames on the screen and I can see a bunch of text but what's actually happened there is that's been loaded from HTML which has then been rendered by the browser into the DOM and when something changes in the UI it's actually changing in the DOM which is why when you refresh the page, that change is often gone.
0: React doesn't actually use the DOM, though, does it? It uses yes. weird. Yes, it, uses, it, uses, the it uses the virtual DOM. DOM. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was going
1: to get to next. So the virtual DOM is something that basically mimics that. It doesn't use any part of the DOM at all. So, for example, if you have a React application, and then inside your JavaScript you try and then do something like document.getElementById, you're not gonna be able to do it because document dot is the javascript api and the browser for being able to access the the dom the d o m the doc, the document object model um so yeah, does that, that make sense, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, it does make sense. And I you know, but I I wouldn't expect people to if they weren't familiar with how the web works necessarily to get that first time. So don't don't feel intimidated if you don't understand it and do some do some reading up on the DOM and even you know, it's not a perfect science, but like open up open up inspect element in uh, your console in DevTools. Um, and have a poke around it, and you know, see how it, see how it's all laid out, and try and manipulate it. If you're super new to all of this, because that's one of the easiest ways to get started. And then yep. you know, um, and actually talking about finding things intimidating and difficult to begin with uh, for anyone that's like learning React for the first time. That's maybe already familiar with JavaScript. You will find it very intimidating to see the sort of smash together HTML and JavaScript or TypeScript these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, that will take some getting used to, but Eventually, it becomes like second nature, and you kind of forget you're doing it. So, I definitely uh, would would encourage people not to worry, and but to persevere because JSX slash TSX does take some time to learn. Um, obviously, JSX being job standing for JavaScript, and then TSX standing for TypeScript. Um, I don't yeah. know what the X would be would be on the end. XML is it? XML. We'll talk oh, a lot. Uh, yeah, X X X for XML. Uh, yeah.
1: So we'll talk about that in a little bit. In a little bit, but yeah, the X stands for XML. So to summarize that a little bit of like, that little t- the little takeaways from that little little section of, of information there is, React can be written with elements that are similar to HTML elements, but they're not exactly the same. Um, you, it doesn't use the, the DOM that the browser uses, but it um, uses its own essentially version of that, that that the browser has no control over. That's the best way to describe it. And um, it, React doesn't give you things like pre-built components um, a lot of libraries and frameworks and application technologies that you can get these days, they, they're they really good at giving you things like here's a pre-built button or here's a pre-built yeah. drop down menu, like, or you can get them through UI libraries and component libraries. React doesn't give you that. Okay. It doesn't do any of that out for you at out the, out the box. It's basically React no, is not an out of the box solution at all. Which is which? Might sound it sounds like a bad thing, like it's, it's really not. I really don't want people to take that away as a as a downside. It's a it's an upside. It's it's essentially a completely blank slate, but is extremely powerful uh, at what it does. And the most important part point here is that React is not a framework. It's no. not a framework. Yes, I remember when you said that. I was like high fiving <laughs> you through the like a few podcasts ago. It, it's a was, like, library. Yeah,
0: it's, I mean, you know, I always joke about how software engineering slash web development is the most pedantic thing on earth, but, uh, you know, it's true, it is a, uh, you know, React is a library, um, but Angular is a framework, and that's just the way it is in practice, doesn't matter. I'd say no. I guess what that really means uh, from my side would mean that you're more likely to have to add libraries to to React from npm. So for those who are unfamiliar, you have to bolt more stuff on to React than you would something like Angular. Angular comes with more built-in features. It's almost like buying uh, your kitchen pre-done from IKEA, uh, whereas in React you get a uh, you get all the components delivered, but you can assemble them how you want. That's maybe a terrible analogy, but no, Amazing thing. analogy.
1: That's a great analogy. That's I really like that. Like React's like wood, and and uh Angular is like IKEA.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and there's advantages and disadvantages to both. Uh and that, that's a whole other podcast in of itself.
1: It probably is. Okay, so taking another step back a little bit, you you might be looking at this going, well, you've explained the DOM and you've explained how React doesn't use the DOM. So let's maybe spend a little bit of time explaining. Why we shouldn't use the DOM, and we're not, but we're not saying we shouldn't use the DOM, but why the React doesn't use the doesn't use the DOM. So the DOM has a kind of tricky API. It's it's you, you can you can probably build any application that you could in React by using document dot whatever to like directly access the, the the DOM, but it 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 gets very difficult very quickly. Um, it doesn't give you a way of like laying out your code and it doesn't give you a familiar, um, and this is a really important, the most important point, that it, it, using the the DOM directly or or, or whatever, doesn't give you the, um, doesn't give you a familiar programming paradigm that people are used to in the form, and React does give you that and it gives you that in the form of classes and functions. So what does that mean? Well, basically, in React, um, we write things called components, and we start off with one component called the root component. And each component can render. We'll talk about what that means in a second. HTML, these HTML five-like elements. So things like p, you can you can have a React component which re- like renders a. Uh, P tag for paragraph, and then like an A tag for, for like anchor, and you know, um, EM for bold or highlighted or or emphasis, or you know, all of those HTML five standard tags you can render inside a React component, and and this is the important part, and other React components that you've written, or even ones that you've not written. So I'll say that again, in a React component, you can render a bunch of, a selected few of the, or 90% of the HTML tags from the standard HTML, you know, um, elements uh, document, or another um, React component that you've built or one that you've not built. Um, And the rule there is that each component we make must return some of this HTML five stuff, which can be either a like a, any any of those 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 ones I mentioned, or another component, or it should return null. That's the kind of rule. Each component should either return some HTML five like stuff, which is your JSX basically. We'll get we'll get to that in a minute, or no.
0: Yeah, it makes sense because everything's got to return like the HTML five yeah. like object. Um, otherwise that, you know, it wouldn't, you know that it just wouldn't work um or you can return nothing uh, because you can return nothing in, in, in almost any function right as long as you defined it to uh, that that's acceptable so um yeah i think that that definitely makes sense and what i quite like about what you put in the notes for the show is about how if we wanted to we could literally just make one massive component for the entire app obviously that'd be an awful idea uh <laughs> in any kind of like uh like commercial slash large codes uh, code base uh but it's definitely possible because actually all that's going on is um we discussed this off air uh and we both talked about how it has blew our minds. React is actually the SPA is literally a single page application, but it's literally one page. That's why it's so quick navigating around it, because it's a bit of trickery.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. So the way I think about it is is on a c on a set technical level, you can't React doesn't use HTML at all. But it does start off in HTML. And I wasn't actually planning on saying this, but you've like led up to it really nicely. Basically, when when a React app gets loaded, it actually needs an HTML page to like inject into. So you get like it loads like React is like 99 99.9% JavaScript and a tiny tiny bit of like real like HTML, not fake HTML, like like in 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 the sense of that we've described it. It's like one file. It's got like literally got like a head, a body. The body's got like a tag, like it's got a div or something, and it's got a div that I with an ID that says like app, and then your React application gets hooked into that. It looks for that tag as the place to get anchored into the app. So that's the only DOM element, like real DOM element in your entire React application. Which basically means, as you've quite rightly pointed out, that it's one page. The entire application is running off one page, so it's so cool that we can actually just we can actually also make it seem like there's multiple pages, but it, it literally just as as one one page. So it gets loaded from it gets loaded from the server once. The the bundle comes down once, which I really like about it.
0: And to give you an example where that might be really useful is say you've got some kind of landing page for your startup and you scroll down and you're scrolling and scrolling, um, and you see things pop up like information, like, uh, Oh, the code of career is a careers network to help people get into, uh, get into tech. Uh, do you want to join our discord shout out to the discord community? Um, fill out this form and you can join our discord, scroll down a little bit more. We're going to offer a jobs platform in the future. Here would be the pricing structure. And then you can scroll all down, uh, this, but those would all be components. Um, um, which then you could then configure React to when you hit an individual page, you can load up that component as just one page by itself. So you really get the best of both worlds. So, um, you know, it can really be a massive advantage. Obviously, it is better in the code base to have them as different components, but they will still load instantaneously because they're all contained on this page in reality.
1: Yeah, that's exactly it. It's just, it really just is one, I just imagine it as one page. It's It's faking it. It's faking the other parts of the, what look like other pages, um, but how do you actually code in React? We'll try and talk about that very quickly. Um, you React, you basically to code in React, you write JavaScript functions. Ah, but you didn't know it. Well, yes, you kind of that's didn't right. <laughs> so yeah, you're, you're right. I, I wasn't going to go there, but you're opening <laughs> that kind of worms, man. Like when React got created at first, you would write a function which. Done a which done something like document create element, and then you'd you'd say like you'd say like React create component or something, and then you'd like give that component a bunch of HTML five like stuff. Keep calling it that; it's just JSX. I'm just trying to simplify it a little bit, you know. Yeah. And then um, and then they moved over to saying, okay, let's make it so that there we have classes. So you write a JavaScript class. Which, inherit, which inherits from React component. So just very quickly, inheritance is an in object-oriented programming where we say, make this class share all of the, borrow a bunch of stuff from another class. So that's what a React class, in its purest sense, re- sorry, a React component, in its purest sense, is or was or still is it's yeah. not clear
0: and these days almost no one's actually using those devices. that's correct that's like correct. even when i when i first started i think the first time i wrote a line of react was 2019 and like it fully moved over by then
1: i had it right right okay that's interesting so that's con- that's just worth pointing out there because people when you start to start to learn react if you come across a bunch of like class my component uh extends react.component open bracket. This just getting really tech. That's okay. It's a tech podcast, right? So it's all good. Um last of my head. That's, if you see if you see that, that's like slightly more old school. But generally what you the takeaway from this little this little kind of side shoot note is that React components are basically just JavaScript functions. Mm-hmm. So you write a JavaScript function, but the rules are you need to return JSX. Now, JSX, just to remind you, is this HTML5-like stuff. JSX stands for JavaScript, JS, and, and is not mentioned, XML, and... Oh,
0: TSX, TypeScript, and
1: XML. TypeScript, and XML. Now, the, the reason it's XML and not HTML is because it's technically not HTML that you put in. And it just so happens that they've made it so that it's like almost the same as HTML, but it's not HTML. With with React, it's been, I feel like we're we're saying quite a lot. It is, but it isn't. <laughs> I, hope that's and I guess that, If confusing. that
0: doesn't sum it up, I mean, it sounds so confusing, but once you use it, it just makes sense. That's all I can yeah. describe it. I don't know how you
1: well, if you agree. I'm hoping that we're making a really good job of explaining it. <laughs> 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 okay, in summary, we write functions in JavaScript that return JSX, and that JSX stuff is basically like HTML5. Um so that's not the only thing that makes React good. The, the next thing that we want to talk about is it uses these functions, but it also gives us a way of managing the state of the application. So The state is like all of the current and temporary values that your application has while it runs. For example, if you fill out a form, you type stuff into the form, that that stuff that you've typed in the form goes into the application state, Um, like the name of your user after you've logged in in, in, in a thing, the number of times a button's been pressed, anything that's temporary, anything that's like, being saved in the memory of the app as it runs on your browser is app state. Now, React is really, 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 really good at letting you manage state. It's so easy to create state in in React. Um, And this is, what I'm about to explain now is really what makes React called React. One of the reasons it's called React in the first place so you you use some JavaScript code that they give you to create a piece of state, as we call it, and you'll say something like, um, "Put this value into state." Um, and it will say like, you know, you know, for example, like set my my name, this, this, like set this variable to my name, and put that into the, the state of the application. And then what you, what happens is you you then reference that state inside your JSX, inside this this kind of HTML-y JavaScript-y language, uh, that is HTML-like language which has JavaScript embedded in it. You reference it from in there, and anytime that piece of state changes, what happens is the application reacts to that state change. Um, so the React, the verb, Um to that state change, and then it just automatically updates. Like you can see, it's on the screen. It automatically updates. Now, that's a big change. That's a really big change in in how applications used to be built, uh, and f- from how applications used to be built. For example, previously to React, we'd have to d- directly manipulate the DOM. As I mentioned before, we'd have to say document dot find document find element with ID. You have to get that element. You'd have to then somehow change the, the the value in that element, and it gets like really tedious.
0: Or even just binding stuff um, to HTML like in Angular, which you know is confusing as well. I've done a bit of commercial stuff with Angular, and I've not you know, actually. It's, pow- it's powerful, but it's very tough. It's got a very steep learning curve. Yeah. Anyway, back to React.
1: <laughs> no, no, that's that's really that's a really good insight. I didn't like it. It's it's it's. It's quite funny how easy how much easier it is, but it does depend on how your brain works. And this is the next thing I was going to say is the, the way that React works is extremely similar to object-oriented programming. You make functions and or classes and they have data and then they like return different values and it's kind of if you understand some OOP programming, like a le- even just a little bit then you'll you'll be really comfortable with with react um which is really really good and then yeah the key the key point there is that if you you basically are making some state in your application and then you're referencing that in your in your jsx and your html ish stuff and when that state changes that just you don't have to do anything it just it just updates in the ui and and like we said before, one of the really, really great things about React is that it's pretending to be HTML, it's pretending to be a real DOM, but it's not. But it gives you all the advantages of making it, so you don't have to do anywhere near as much code to achieve the same thing. Um, and as you as you said earlier on, um, Cameron, React gives you the option of, if you want it, of adding on things like pages. Um, with something like, um, what's it called, uh, React Router. So you can add you can add on a library to React called React Router, and there's tons of other ones that do the same thing. And what they do is they make it look like there's they're a page, but actually it's not a page. It's just a thing, a thing that's faking it to be a page.
0: Re- React Router is invariably the number one thing I install after a new React project, although I'm kind of preempting possibly next episode here I don't actually use plain React anymore. I use Next, but there's your sneak preview. Yeah. <laughs> On next episode, it's going to be Next. Anyway. Yeah, that's
1: it's getting a bit meta. <laughs> but yeah, I love it. Like that's that's kind of where all this is going. Next, Next has changed my life. But like you know, just saying. Just and we'll so hear
0: weird. all about it soon.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Um, so just to summarise that little section of like information from both of us there, React is basically JavaScript functions that return JSX. JavaScript, and XML. And and that is really basically just HTML. Inside the functions, we can set up state very easily. I'm not gonna get the details of how to do it. I don't wanna be that podcast that says, you know, types out programming in in the podcast. Hopefully you can conceptualize it. And inside the JSX that's returned from each React component or React function, um, we, it can read that state and render it nicely on the screen. In summary to that, React is basically faking everything about HTML and running it all in JavaScript, but in such a way that your user's never gonna know. Actually, your user's gonna have a really snappy experience because it really just is one big app but bundled in, one big bundle, but it looks like it's got lots of pages and lots of other little moving bells and whistles, It's it's really just one big thing. And yeah, we can really easily make it so that a multiple page app um, just renders its roots instantaneously. It's just amazing, actually. I remember seeing that for the first time and we were chatting about that before the show. And the important thing to really understand about that is, and I'll just elaborate on that, when you're you're on your browser and you type in com slash discord on an old kind of... A slightly older website, or a kind of older way of thinking, or or a not 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 older older is the wrong way to say it actually in a non-React way of doing things. Then, if you put in something after the domain like slash Discord or slash Community or whatever the root the like the sub root root of the website that web app website that you're you're going to is, then what that does is every time you go to a different route, it refetches stuff from that web server. And that might be obvious for a lot of people, but then it might not be obvious for certain people that are kind of like a bit more beginners. Mm-hmm. And even for some more experienced people, it's you, you tend to forget that, you know, like every every like www.somewebsite.com slash something, slash something else, those somethings and something else, each time you go to a different one of those, it's, fe- it's refetching data from that site and you
0: you forget in with with modern times with how quick internet speeds are actually there's a resource being used there, and actually, this little shout out to you actually <laughs> from your talk the other week at our event with back design what one slide that I really enjoyed was the was the latency one because actually, if I send a ping to Auckland and ping back. You know, it's going to speed of light, but that's still a quarter of a second, if not longer. So it, it's these things are worth thinking about, and that's why it can be worth having maybe the extra bit of initial loading time um, with React, uh, like when when you when you load up the website for the first time. But then you can navigate around seamlessly, especially in the kind of situation where a user is going to be spending quite a bit of time in your web application, um, rather than someone that's maybe just going to hit it once and then
1: and then disappear uh, like a landing page. That's exactly it, and. That kind of way of thinking, when React came along, people were like, oh, this is the best thing ever. Like we know we don't have to keep doing <laughs> subsequent fetches anymore, and we can do it all in the browser. And that's that's great for all the reasons we've said. And 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 like I said, like slash something, you know, wwwwebsitecom slash something, ww.the the slash discord loads a different page. From ww.thecodercareer.com slash. And that's really big. React changes that so that when you go to those different pages within your web app, it doesn't reload it. Like game changer. Wow. Amazing. Like genuine, (laughs) genuine mind, like head pop, like mind popping out head, like at that point. What I'm going to tell you next is going to pop your head off even more. Because <laughs> despite all of that amazing like stuff, I think in the time since, do it, like having we, we've went, we've been riding the React roller coaster since 2014, and people have now went, wait a minute, so you're telling me that if I load this, if I load this uh, big, relatively big JS bundle, my browser has no clue what's in it. It like loads it up. It renders it as, if it as if it was HTML, but there's no HTML. It spits it out to the screen and makes it look like there's a great application there. It's fast and all the rest of it. Then somebody comes along and says, how does that work with search engines? And then you go, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> because guess what? Search engines can't load JavaScript. Like, you, only your browser can load JavaScript. Mm. So, is React good for SEO? No, it's terrible. It's so bad. Oh man! But I tell and you, we'll what's talk- good for SEO? What next?
0: Which will be on the next
1: episode? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So that's where we're going for it. That's where we're going for that. And um, yeah, this is this is pretty good because, like, hopefully we've made we've given people a like, really good sense of this is why React's really really good and. Um, Only as you say, in the last like couple of years, there's been a movement to like actually, and I don't wanna talk about too much, but um, basically the, the downsides to React are that it's entirely, entirely rendered on the client side. What does that mean? Well, as I said before, traditional applications, they pull HTML from the server into the browser, the browser parses it, creates the DOM, and it puts it on the screen. And every page load has that same process. Request, response, DOM initial load, DOM completion, screen print. Request, response, DOM initial load, DOM complete, screen print. Now, as we've just said, that's slow, but as we've then just said, that's also not good for SEO. And it, we're now at the stage of the internet where SEO and, like, attention is more valuable than speed. You know, for there was probably a little bit of while where we really wanted to, like, optimise for performance. Now the internet's so fast, we want to optimise for revenue. <laughs> yeah. We don't care about it as much. And that really is the, is, is the downside to pure React. So... With React, there's no HTML coming over the wire other than that little bit at the start. And instead, it's a bundled, highly optimized, highly obfuscated JavaScript piece of code um, that makes a fake DOM of sorts and makes it look to your user that it's loaded, been loaded off the internet in a normal way. But it's not
0: I, we didn't actually plan this but i thought a nice way to end the show might be talk about resources that we've personally used to learn react uh are there any off the top of your head i might be going
1: back any i, I don't know if he's still on, i don't i don't know if he's still on the go but i learned like a lot of people um in, in my like era of experience learned react through a course by a guy called Stephen Grinder or Stephen Girder, I can't remember his surname's Grinder or Girder. He was on. What's that one that you pay? Udemy. Aye, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he was on Udemy, and I learned React. I learned React through him. I I know for a fact that there's some amazing resources out there, like the Net Ninja on YouTube. It's very good. Net Ninja's great. Um, as is Eggheads
0: egghead.io yeah Dan, Dan Abramov's courses on there are great Does Dan got
1: courses on, on there of course he does yeah because he's he one does, of
0: the creators yeah. of, Re- of React yeah yeah he cool. does um, Free Code Camp uh, as well obviously the classic Never um, used it actually, but I've heard it's good. Oh, yeah. Well, it, I, I guess kind of it wasn't really as much of a thing when you started, um, or, or even probably wasn't a thing when you started coding, was it? Um, but it, it, you know, it's responsible for a lot of what I learned. Uh, also, as well, one that we actually have an affiliate deal with, so if you want to check it out and you get a membership, you can help us out uh, as well. Is zero to mastery? Uh, so I use them um i've got the old github repos to prove it i'm not just doing this because they give us a cut um but if you uh yeah if you do want to check out zero to mastery um you can get 10 percent off uh using the uh, link in our description so if you like the show then um and you want to learn react then check it out they have uh if you get that as well they have plenty of other courses as well that you get with a with a monthly membership so feel free to check that out um, I think Brad Tra- Traversy on YouTube as well. He, he does some really good React stuff. React has got one of the best ecosystems for learning, um, for sure. So that's the advantage of learning such popular languages. there's so much stuff out there. Um, yeah. We were actually having a chat offline um, earlier today, actually, about using hipster languages and why it's such a pain to actually look up anything or, or even hire someone with it. So uh, React being so popular means there's such a support ecosystem, which is great. Yeah, it's
1: it's tremendous, and it's it's had quite a tumultuous time of it. There was a f- thing a few years ago that I want to shout out and mention, just to just for a little bit of context, is um, I remember it was at a startup, and we were we were talking about using React, and at that point in time, there somebody had just found out or realised that um, it's like twenty sixteen or twenty seventeen or thereabouts that the the license for React because every open source project has a license, you know, and they all have different amounts of like permissible mm-hmm. permissibility, you know, permit. they all have different permissions, is what I'm trying to say, sorry, let let you do certain things with them. There you get the BSD license, which, which is different from the MIT license, and there the Apache license is different from both of those. And we'll maybe do a cast on those. I do need to do my reading up a little bit on that, but um, we can definitely do a cast to give people some ideas of, what the types of open source open source uh, licenses are like and what that means. There was a thing. It was BSD mod BSD. What did they call it? BSD. It was like basically like a like a modified version of the BSD license that they had that had a weird clause in it that meant that Facebook could kind of claim your IP if you used it in their app. And it was a massive thing in 2017, and there was like, there was there was um, a big kind of like petition on, to try and get Facebook to change the, to change the license, and they were they were sticking their guns on it. They didn't want to change the license on React, and tons and tons and tons of startups that were getting, you know, bought and sold at that time, or even starting at that time, were kind of seriously considering not using it, and it was. Difficult for them because it's such an easy language, to, uh, sorry, an easy library to use to get running a, an app quickly to build a web app quickly and for prototyping and things like that. So there was like a fork, couple of forks of React getting made at that time. One was called P-React. It's meant to be like a. a Do you more know what? I remember that from when
0: I was a recruiter?
1: Right, that's yep. how so, long back this was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's P-React and a bunch of other stuff, and then eventually they changed it. Like eventually they changed it, and everyone was pretty happy. And like every, all the startups and and that were trying to get sold at that point in time were, were could all breathe a sigh of relief because it was less less legal stuff to worry about. Um, at the litigation kind of side. And I remember being pretty happy about it as well because like I was pretty set on startups at that point, and I wanted to build everything in React. And like my my favorite like library like that makes things so easy for me was almost being taken away but eventually they caved and they put it back to an MIT inclusive license which basically means that you can you can bundle it with your application and you can sell it uh, as part of your application code Um, and they don't they don't um, support a warranty on it or anything like that but they do um, they do allow you to do that which is which is obviously great
0: and thank god for that because react has paid my bills like nothing else yeah Yeah, tons,
1: tons of people are the are are the same, and like no doubt, like if given time, if that if they stuck to their gun, somebody would have came along with something and fixed it somehow. But it would have been a good, like open source community can can be slow to start. You know, it takes quite a while yeah. to like start a new project, and and then once it's going, it's going. But yeah, I thought that was just an interesting little little side note there.
0: We'll always, always check the small print.
1: <laughs> always go to always go a license license.txt in the root of the GitHub and check it out. Absolutely. It's interesting to see that stuff. So what are we going to talk about next time then? Are we going to have a little part two then, Cameron, yeah?
0: So, yeah, we will have a part two, and we're going to talk about the frameworks that are built on top of React. So... um, obviously the big dog next um but also remix which i am quite a big fan of so cool chuck some remix in there well this will probably be another episode down the line but there's these new runtimes that are alternatives in their js like bun which and uh, dino which i'm no i i'm sure both be keen to talk about but um mm. yeah i think next and remix would be uh, quite a fun one to to do for a part two um so yeah keep uh keep tuned for that and obviously more interviews are coming as well good stuff
1: yeah, I'm really looking forward to chatting about next because that's that's really going to like help us explain the how do we keep React but do server-side rendering. So I'm really excited to talk about that, and I'm really excited to learn a bit about Remix because I don't know any about that. So.
0: It's very cool. So stay stay tuned, and please do follow us on whatever uh, platform you're listening right now. Mm. One area we want to push in particular is YouTube. Um, So just Mm. to be transparent, me uh, me and Colin are really focusing on the community right now before anything else. Um, So uh, we're going to try and produce some more both technical and non technical YouTube content for everyone. So please do go and uh, follow us on there because it's actually one of the best ways that you'll be able to support us. so if you follow us on there by subscribing um obviously check out our instagram tiktok Uh, we're getting much better at producing content um and uh, i even made one with earl the cat uh on tiktok today so um you know you can check that out as well but thanks for listening uh to this episode if you've got any questions jump in the discord have a chat we've got plenty of experienced react developers on there not just me and colin um, so plenty of people to answer questions and uh, yeah thanks so much for listening to another episode of the code of career